Hi there, everybody. We are back again, and we are so excited to talk to Garen about his message from yesterday. This one was on... Oh, Garen, I don't have the reference in front of me. Uh, it was 1 Corinthians 7, 17 to 24. 1 Corinthians 7, 17 to 24. And we're going to talk about that text in specific in a second. But Garen, can you just outline for us why it's important that we don't skip tough texts like this? Because as we're reading through the New Testament, there's always tough stuff that comes up. And I've just noticed that you're you're not one to pass over it or say figure it out on your own, but you always tackle it. And why don't I mean, why don't we skip them? Why do we have to tackle these things head on? And I don't know why. Why do you do that? Yeah, I just feel like that's part of the important faith journey, right? Is I I take God seriously enough that I'm willing to wrestle with Him, and that's what Jacob did. He he wrestled and struggled, and I think not everything is totally clear. You know, Peter says some of Paul's stuff's tough. And I just think we should be willing to wrestle with God on it and to dig into that stuff and not to be afraid of it. Because sometimes those things are so intimidating. You're like, I just, I'm afraid if I go there, this is not going to be good. But frequently I find when I go there, it actually, there's like some diamonds in the rough in there that I didn't realize till I dug into it. So. so before on this, we've talked about how the fact that we find, the fact that we find beauty um, in the differences in the different opinions in our church, that we don't all line up exactly on every every little thing, and that actually makes us stronger as a body. And then we were talking about the difference between interpretation and application for that. Can you kind of walk us through, um, like, because you hear some people say, like, oh, well, I interpret that differently than Garen or differently than this person. And just, I mean, is that a good thing or, or is it a bad thing? Like, can you talk us through, uh, I don't know, when you hear that, what, what you think about yeah, it. Yeah, I, th- I think the main thing I'd want to say is, is especially if triads are like listening to this, that as a somebody coming to the Bible, that my main question is always not what do I think it means, but I really want to know what did Paul mean? What did Jesus mean? Because they had a point and they had a meaning. I don't want people to hear me and run away and have a totally different meaning than I intended. I draw them back in and say, no, that's not what I meant. And I would clarify. So what we're looking for is is what what's the real meaning and... Then after that, in my our groups, you know, we wrestle, we try to come to a meeting, and then it's we all apply it differently. So I think the real meaning that Paul was communicating yesterday was contentment. But we all left there, and we all have different situations and different struggles, and so we're going to apply it differently. But I just want to encourage people, even when you talk, don't talk so much about, hey, we came with our own interpretation. Talk more like, you know, we really tried to find what Paul was talking about, but we came away with different applications of that. I think that language is actually, it's a little fine-tuning, but I think it's really important, though. So what you're saying is the author definitely had a single message they were trying to communicate, and it is so important that we get to that, yep. that we don't bring our own stuff like, oh, well, I think he was trying to yes. say this. Yes. So we understand what he's trying to say, and if we differ on the application a little bit, then that's okay. Like what we do with it once we understand the main idea, that's okay, but we have to know what they're trying to say to us. Otherwise, we're just spinning our wheels. Yeah, really try to drill down on that. And, you know, on some tough texts, there's going to be different interpretations. And as you said, that's okay. But I think most of the time, if you just drill, do the work, it, you can get to what his point, what the meaning is. That's what I try to do. And I, I do, you know, you, you and I have talked. I think a great resource for help with that is the book, The Hard Sayings of the Bible, um, put out by InterVarsity Press. I've mentioned it a couple times in the past, but want to throw that out again like if you're wanting a book to look into to be like man to to encounter those texts instead of running away from them i think that's a good if you want one resource i think that's a really good one or a good study bible but yeah hey i've got that book hard sayings um of the bible in my office i'm looking at it right now so if somebody wants to borrow it um i've got it you can check it out before you buy it 
So let's let's kind of get into what we talked about yesterday, Garen. And if I could really simply, because you know I'm a simple guy, Garen. So I will very simply and on the surface level summarize kind of what I thought you were trying to say, and you can kind of you know correct me and fill in the, the holes where they are. But essentially, Paul was saying in this text in First Corinthians seven that we need to be content with where we're at, and that's not the same as like if you're if you're being abused or if you're in a really bad situation, you know, you shouldn't try and get out of it. That's not what he's saying. But what he's saying is you can't ultimately find peace or contentment in anything external that that Jesus has to fill that for you. And so if you're hoping to improve your life and find ultimate peace, joy, happiness, or hope in, you know, in Paul's context and being set free from slavery or from being circumcised or from switching jobs or whatever, like you're going to be really disappointed because yep. those things, you know, the externals don't determine those things. It's something... In inside heart. of you that the Holy Spirit puts in there. Yeah. It, am I missing anything, or is that pretty much no, what you're after? No, that's the main thing. Is is I think he was saying, quit obsessing about your outward circumstances, and would you focus on the reality of who you are in Jesus, and dig into that, be content, and find that inner freedom that He's given you. And because if you're not free internally, I don't care where you go, you're not going to be free in any place. Again, wherever you are, wherever you go, there you are. And if you can't take internal, if you don't have internal freedom. You're, everywhere you go, you're going to take that enslavement into every situation, and yeah, that idea of internal freedom is so ah, it's it's crazy, it's revolutionary. When you live internally free, you're right. Any situation you go into, you can create a whole different perspective for yourself, and it really is, I mean, it is freeing on a whole, on a whole other level. The but the the rub is this: that we so often enslave ourselves by looking at the externals. Um, by getting so wrapped up in little situations and not paying enough attention to our heart status. Um, yeah. Am I listening yep. to the Holy Spirit? Am I being filled by Him? But it's so often like little things like job change or stress at home or whatever, it's like, man, that becomes our whole world. So we are continually, as you said, losing perspective and, and making little things into big things, making molehills into mountains. So uh, we thought we could both answer this. We could both talk because it's not just people off the stage like people on the stage are humans too right you're human garen no uh we're, we're on staff uh we don't send we're perfect oh we're, that's right we're the, that's what we're supposed to we're say. the measure of everything jordan <laughs> no i mean don't we all struggle with this that i tell people all the time do you know why half of what i preach i preach is because it's what i need it is so easy for me to when a situation isn't how i want it you know and if you're we talk about deep idols if you're deep idolist like control it is so easy to to get discontent in it and what usually happens with me here's how it happens with me i'm curious how it happens with you but i tend to blow it way out of proportion because i'm at the center of it it becomes mainly about me it's only about garen so the thing becomes way larger than it actually is i I lose sight of everybody else that's in that place with me instead of like being a person to reach out to them or minister to them it's just all about me and and i lose sight of how god can use it and and then and that thing becomes so big it's bigger than God and then I forget that he promises to cause all things to work for good for those and I, I just lose perspective but the reason is because my perspective gets turned on me and once that happens it's it's like it's a lost cause yeah uh, mine is really similar that it's so easy for me to uh, well, you know I'm a I'm a recovering narcissist so I say that kind of tongue-in-cheek, but it's very true still. I, I feel like when I go to my dark place, I make it about myself a lot of the time. And so I see that so much in this message that I can so easily look at an external situation and put myself, make myself the main character of it when I'm really not. 
and I lose my ability to see how God is going to redeem things in that and his his plan and I just make it all about my plan or 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 my comfort or my validation and I think that's probably where most of us are at because we are all I don't know why is that we're all so selfish like we put ourselves at the center of things so quickly and there's so many more big things happening than just us it's that whole sin thing man man it goes back to Genesis 3 right it's like we just need to wear shirts that say like it's not about you you know like but maybe it's backwards, so we see in the mirror, we read it the right way, but like, because I need that every day. It is, it's not about That's me. how the purpose-driven life starts, the very first words of the book. It's not about you. Is it really? Yes. Pretty powerful. Man. Okay. Uh, okay, you talked about uh, three F words, Garen. Yeah, can we do that? That all, this? If, if the people weren't engaged yeah, before, this, this they, are, they just turned it up. They're ready to hear now. So. You've got three F words you wanted to talk about. Would you share yeah, that with Yeah, just us? as you and I were talking, that I think when we get in a place we don't want to be, when I lose my perspective, it's the, it's either I want to, f- it's flight or fight. Either I want to run away from it, which is probably most people, is I just want to get out of it. I'll do anything I can to get out of it. So I'll, it's that flight. I want to bail. Can you give like a real life application to that? Yeah, like, like the I think the job, I mentioned it yesterday. You get in a place... I mean, according to Genesis 3, every every work that humans do is going to have thorn and weeds. It's just the reality. But when you get in a place, you've dreamed and idealized it, and you get there, and then when you encounter the weeds and the thorns, you're like, okay, I'm done with this. I'm out. And so you start looking. You're already looking for a new job. You dreamed about being the pastor of 12 for so long, and then you got here, and it was hard. And Yeah, you get here, and, and you want to bail. And there's stuff that, yeah, and it's, that's just human nature, right? <laughs> yep, any yeah. job, right? Of course, I, I never want to bail, but... <laughs> <laughs> And the, the others fight. I think there are sometimes people who are like, they're so mad at it, they're like, I'm going to stir up a hornet's nest here. Like, I don't like it, and nobody's going to like right, it. Right, yeah. I, that's probably the m- minority. But as I was thinking, that that's the two negative responses. The 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 thing that I think Paul was saying in that is, is Garen, don't fight it. Don't look for flight as your first response, but frame it. You need to frame it differently because you're framing it around you. You've got to frame it a lot bigger, and you've got to go back to the gospel and frame it. How does God see it? And create a new frame of reference and that's really what I think Paul was saying yesterday is with intentionality reframe how you look at that thing and who you are in it and if you do that it'll change it'll make you more able to interact in it well do you think it's true that so often when we reframe it's essentially like a zoom out like we've zoomed in so far and framed just our situation and it's like I need to just zoom out on this thing and my frame needs to cover so much more because there's so much more happening than it's interesting you use that when, when I was a kid. My dad, now I'm the picture taker, so I drive my kids crazy, but my dad took pictures of everything all the time. And he bought this fish. I, fish eye lens? Fish eye lens. Mm-hmm. Like, and so we started getting the pictures back from that, and like we, the everything looked really distorted, but he liked that. But that's actually that, yeah, when I focus so close on myself, it's almost like that fisheye. It actually distorts everything. Hmm. It, it even it messes it up. So right, we've got to zoom out and we've got to reframe that thing and look at it from God's perspective. Hmm. That's really good. Garen, this is an idea that is so rampant. In, it's not even rampant. It's, it's beyond being like everywhere. It's beyond being ubiquitous. It is like, it is like um, attached itself to culture where this idea of... Um, this discontentment that it is a good thing that you've always got to be improving you've always got to go into the thing that makes you happy like it's not even like we see that in culture that is culture like yeah. that is in the dna of where we're living right now yeah. this idea that if i'm not happy where i'm at i got to go find the happiness or i got to do what makes me feel good on the inside and um 
that happiness is out there and I got to go get it and find it. it. I mean, it's just everywhere. So, uh, you know, we talk about my generation, the, the millennials, that they are switching jobs faster and faster all the time. That yep. it is that hardly any millennials get into a job and work at it for 20 or 30 years, like was probably more prevalent in your generation. Right. Um, because we feel discontented, we feel slighted, we feel whatever, and it's not a dream job, right? Yep. And so we got to go find our dream job. And I don't know, do you see that other places? Oh, definitely. I mean, I think that our whole culture, that's why yesterday I was talking about our whole culture is about transience and everything's disposable. And I think we feel like our life situation's disposable. And I just feel like Disney works. I love Disney stuff, but everything in our culture is about in Disney is like your dream and pursue your dream. And I think we've created, especially in younger generations, the idea that there is an ideal dream and a dream place for you. And if you can only get there, that's where happiness is. That's what we've been talking about, right? right? That it's external and that's not reality. And that's why young people are changing jobs so much because they're looking for the dream job or the dream wife or the dream whatever. And we live after the fall of Genesis 3 and everything has thorns and weeds in it and there is no dream anything. And you, you just pursue what God's calling you to and you gotta, you, you gotta bring your, that internal freedom into it. Right. That causes so much inner frustration with people, maybe even more than we realize. This, I, this um, what would John Mark Comer call it? A, uh, an undercurrent? That's maybe not the word, but this undercurrent that like, there is something perfect out there and I have to find it and I can't be happy until I find it. And the moment that I feel any kind of resistance or awkwardness or, or it's not perfect, like I've got to bounce and go, go move on. And we can just live our whole lives being so discontented in that. And it's a really scary, really dangerous thing because maybe we don't even realize that yeah. that's where we're at. But So I know. think, you know, you're usually throwing it to me at the end and saying, hey, I want you to wrap it up. I really want you to wrap this one up. I do want you to talk about that internal, external thing because... As we were talking, you had some good stuff to say. Karen, I get to be the closer today? Yeah, you get to be the closer. So I'm giving you the ball, man. I'm calling you in. It's the ninth. Okay, I'm running in for the bullpen. Like, I'm running out of steam. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a couple of were you talking home runs hit off me. Of so uh, so I'm, I'm passing this. How, what would you wrap up to you? To you? What's the Yeah, well, we just talked before this about how the idea of the gospel is that we often confuse this, that sometimes with the gospel we think, well, everything broken is outside of me and the goodness is inside me. And if I could... If I can just pay attention to the goodness inside of me, and then I'll be okay. Well, in reality, uh, the brokenness is inside you. It's not outside of you. It's inside of you. And and this thing we're talking about here with this contentment thing, it's really the opposite because we tend to think wrongly that all the all the perfection, all the contentment, all the things that are going to make me really happy and give me joy and hope, they're out there, and I got to go get them. And I got to go find it wherever it might be. But in reality, if you are a follower of Jesus and the Holy Spirit is indwelling you, like it is already inside you. And that's a dangerous statement because we can so easily go to a place where we say like, oh, you know, contentment is in me and I just have to find it. It's all about what I want. And that's not what we're trying to say. We're saying if you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you, like Jesus promises to all believers, that that reality of living in step with him, it already exists within you. And you don't have to go find the perfect career, the perfect spouse, the perfect whatever, to be perfectly content because the Holy Spirit already gives you that ability. Yeah. And so if we if we carry this idea of internal freedom around with us, then whatever situation we get into, we can reframe it however we want because we're already content in here. Your story about the guy who saw the imprisonment camp as a mission field and was a lot happier than many people who will never step foot in a place like that it was just so powerful it was really cool 
And I, I think I don't think that's just a funded thing to think about. I think it's a reality that we can all live into um, as we try and follow Jesus better. So that's my last thought. Yeah, Any, anything good. else? No, you nailed it, man. Okay, great. We get paid by the word on these things, so I, I guess I get the bigger paycheck today. So, guys, thank you so much for listening. Hopefully, this was useful to you. Um, we're going to keep doing these, and we're just so glad that you're on this journey with us. These are important things to think about as we just want to become better and better followers of Jesus. So, um, yep, until next time. Thanks, guys.